0: unspoken issues that's right we are back with extreme justice number zero but how did we get there well it's another poll if i remember correctly and to help me find that because we certainly don't have it ready i'm sure (laughs) <laughs> uh chris armstrong's here chris you ready to let's go let's go dive into the unspoken this decades should be
1: by... easier to locate Sight. yeah so i got it here this was from uh december actually ended up getting quite a few more votes than i expected
0: <laughs> uh, yeah uh, yeah okay so but
1: beacon it out the the poll was between extreme justice number zero and force works number one so we were going with the Extreme versions of the Marvel and DC uh, classic teams. Extreme Justice number zero wins it with a vote of 20 to 19.
0: Wow, look at that. All right. Let's talk about this real quick because Mm -hmm. I was not reading a whole lot of DC at this time in the 90s. I know prior to this, uh, in the very early 90s, maybe late 80s, I was picking up. Um, some DC comics specifically. I remember I've got all the, uh, just about every single Armageddon 2001 cross uh, event crossover that happened. I was picking up Huntress every once in a while. It was, it was really hard for me to land on a DC comic that I really liked. Like Batman was okay, but I wasn't buying that off the shelf all the time. So it was mostly all Marvel stuff that I was Mm -hmm. used to and actually going to spend money on. So extreme justice This hits, this is number zero, it hits January of 1995, according to uh, what I'm seeing here. So the cover date is January 1995, which means it probably released sometime late in 94. First issue, titled With a Bang, and it's written by Dan Vado, pencils by Mark Campos, inks by Ken Branch, lettered by Kevin Cunningham, and colored by Lee Loffridge. So... Extreme Justice. This Was this a blip on the old Armstrong radar?
1: This was not, because this hit right in the midst of my comic book hiatus, the famous okay. Chris yep. hiatus from the mid-90s, where I was uh, out of the comic book realm for about a year and a half. And okay. so I did not know anything about this. I, you know, started seeing it in dollar bins and stuff in like the late nineties when I, you know back by the time I was back into comics and stuff, but never had read a single issue of it. It was all, this is a book that's always, kind of along with Forceworks works is kind of uh sort of mocked by you know comic fans as being like one of the bad 90s comics with bad 90s art and just yeah. uh but I I never read it and it was not nearly as bad as I expected it to be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but
1: I, yeah, I, as I, far as Marvel and DC, I was definitely a Marvel guy, but I also was kind of a kid who would read just about any comic I could get my hands on. So I read some Batman, some, uh, the occasional justice league, super stuff like that. Robin definitely in the later night, late, late nineties, early two thousands, I was into, you know, Nightwing and just about any other, I was, I was just as much into DC as Marvel pretty much by then. But in the, in the nineties I was mostly Marvel, but I would read some DC stuff occasionally.
0: I've heard people talk about how extreme justice was not very good. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it's like, I wasn't, reading DC's so I didn't know specifically what people's issues were with it everybody was jumping on the extreme train uh yeah. you know that it seems like that is indicative of the 90s we gotta get extreme baby it's extreme I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean we called a wrestling federation extreme championship wrestling <laughs> that was a thing uh, you know, extreme justice was going to maybe catch the eye of the kiddies. Uh, so in 95, yeah, I think this is a year before I'm graduating high school and yeah. Yeah, i'm not i'm not getting this i'm i'm well into image territory at this point
1: yeah
0: uh i'm gra- i have gone from you want that
1: image imitation you don't have that imitation image stuff you want no the
0: real deal. <laughs> i want the real deal that's right you know I, I this is man when you look at this cover my goodness uh, speaking of something that looks like imitation image it's not <laughs> you know it's it, i know the, we got some characters that are definitely mainstays of the DC universe but there are some uh there, there are some 90s updates to some of these characters you as think? well so okay you, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right uh so I I mean I, I had to number one I had to learn who these characters were I knew who they were I mean I, I that's Captain Atom on the front he's not the mm-hmm. Captain Atom that I'm he looks a little bit different than what I'm used to but it's Captain Atom I can tell there were some characters I didn't know. I didn't know the guy in green up there in the top well, right, I'm not surprised because front.
1: they don't even mention his name in the comic
0: book. <laughs> right, dude. I well, had. They,
1: just his, his they mentioned his, his first name. name. The one black guy on the team. Yeah. Uh, his name is Will. <laughs> uh, I looked, I had to look him up. His name is amazing man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's his code name or whatever, but That's they right. don't mention that in the book. They nope. do give you a display of his power where he's basically absorbs energy and redirects it or whatever, which is kind of a generic superpower at this point. But
0: yeah, blue beetle looks somewhat like the blue beetle here. He looks a little bit more menacing on the <laughs> cover here. Cause you he can't see his face blue beetle, classic costume there. Maxima, which uh, uh, no, I, uh, you know, again, I'll, I will claim ignorance. I, I've heard of her. No idea who she is.
1: Um, I only know her uh, because of, I believe she was in the Death of Superman story. She was one of the Justice League characters who shows up in that and actually can kind of give. That's Superman right. She seems to be kind of a, a, a second rate Wonder Woman. Right. Right
0: and yeah, yeah. Look at squarely at Booster Gold there on the bottom, um, because that is a '90s costume. <laughs> that and it's almost like the dude even has a n- nose guard. I mean, it looks yeah, I'm not like sure what's going on there. <laughs> you could almost think that was a bird nose or something. I don't know. It just looks weird. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, you know what this is? It looks like Super Pro. Um, yes. That <laughs> looks like. Super pro, I swear. Just a different. Variant, he's got
1: some so. big shoulder pads. Yep. He's got some like extra long pouches all around his his waist, his belt there. Yeah. Just, I, I'm pretty sure they were they they were intentionally like let's 90s this guy up.
0: Yeah. They oh, would yeah. have used
1: that term in the 90s
0: probably. <laughs> but. Well, they, let's let's. He's got to get a little bit more extreme. <laughs> extreme. So.
1: Yeah, the artist was drinking Mountain Dew. When here's
0: he what I did. did I did this issue. right? Joke Cola, maybe. Um, (laughs) <laughs> this is here Here we go We're I'm gonna I'm gonna drop the cast here of this comic book and I actually have some I, I, I want a little bit deeper into this one be uh, but before I get into that before we get in the cast of this anything else you want to talk about here before we jump into the cast and the synopsis
1: uh, just off the top the the uh, creative team I've never heard of any of these guys I right, dude I have and I'm even- not I'm, I'm not you know bashing them or anything I'm just saying I, these are Writer Dan Vado or Vado, uh, Mark Compost, the uh, penciler, I've never, Ken Branch, the inker. I have heard that name or well, read that name whatever, but the, the the writer and penciler, I've never heard of those guys before.
0: <laughs> Dan does, Dan does have his own wiki here, his own Wikipedia. His writing okay. credits include Barabbas from Mirage Studios. I don't recognize that. Okay. Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. I recognize that. Bill the Clown. Nope. <laughs> Uh, Extreme Justice, Haunted Mansion. So, OK, now I probably a Disney tie in comic. Well, or I don't know. The The name of this company is called Slave Labor. So I, I mean, well, maybe not. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know. <laughs> Bill the Clown from Slave Labor. Haunted Mansion for, is from Slave Labor. Hero Sandwich is from Slave Labor as well. Uh, he is ju- apparently credited on J- Justice League America, uh, Universal Monsters Dracula from Dark Horse. And he, it says he also founded the Alternative Press Expo, one of the first comics conventions dedicated to alternative comics and self-publishers. So it sounds like he's got a That's bit cool. of an indie background. You know, yeah, you're right. He He's not somebody that we're going to be like, oh, man, you got to check out the Vado uh, <laughs> suite of comic books. So, yeah, I haven't heard of any of these people. Uh there. This is 1995 DC. Boy, I would have loved to have had an industry expert on here as to what the state of things were for DC <laughs> in 95. I don't really think they're doing so hot, in my opinion. Like, I think, yeah, on,
1: th- I think this would have been after you know the industry kind of started to implode. So
0: you know, we're we're well past Batman's back being broke. We're past. Mm-hmm. Probably past the return of uh, Superman, I believe. That's not happening. uh, Yeah, that would have happened by now. Yeah, Yeah, that would have happened by this time. Here's our cast. Okay, so I talked about Captain Adam. Captain Adam, created by Joe Gill and Steve Ditko. uh, First appearance in volume two of Captain Adam, number one, March of 1987. He is a hero connected to and powered by the quantum field, the result of a secret government project. This is all from DCFandom.com here. Booster Gold. Now, supposedly it's mentioned in this comic that he had died. Uh, I might be able to shed a little bit of light on that, and as to what's going on here with his new costume and everything. Uh, but Booster Gold's created by Dan Jurgens, and he first showed up in February of '96 in Booster Gold number one. He is a time traveler from the 25th century, using future tech to his advantage. Recently, was severely wounded, lost an arm. Which, by the way, let me Whoa. look at that cover again. He lost an arm. Apparently he has a cybernetic arm that <laughs> he was, does this sound familiar? He has an arm, a cybernetic arm, and it was all thanks to our good buddy Ted Kord was able to help him out. He he had lost an arm in a battle against Overmaster, and this led to Blue Beetle helping him build a new suit that keeps him, I, I guess it's got some life support stuff going on too, uh, yeah. but there you go. So Blue Beetle, created by Steve Ditko and Gary Friedrich. Secret Origins Volume Two, Number Two, May of 1986, is Blue Beetle's first, Ted Kord's first appearance. He's smart, especially when it comes to computers and tech. Uh, he's stealthy and acrobatic. Okay, all right. Maxima. Maxima was created by Roger Stern and George P- Perez, first appearing in Action Comics Number Six Forty Five from 1989. She is from the planet Almarak, and uh, yeah, when you look at her fandom page and check out the list of powers, it is a lot. She's one of the more powerful ladies, especially at this time in DC Comics. Then we have Will, Amazing Man. Will Everett III, grandson of the original Amazing Man. He can change his body to replicate inorganic matter that he comes into contact with and absorb energy. Created by Dan Vado. And Mark mm. Campos, that's right. So this is this is his, uh, at least, uh, this is not his first appearance because his first appearance is Justice League America 86 in March of 94. So he's been around for a, about a year at this point. But yeah, I'm
1: guessing these guys were doing Justice League for a while and, the, and then they spun off into this new title. So Right.
0: right. We got a couple, uh, we'll just say there's some antagonists in this zero issue, but they are very, very, very brief. I'm sure that as the series goes on, you're going to get more about these people. But we have General Singe. I'll go with Singe. Uh, his first, this is his first appearance in this issue. And there's not really much of a prior history with this guy. You kind of get, he might, you don't know if he's shady or not. You know, he works for the government and that's about it. Then we have the peacekeepers. They get mentioned at the very end of this issue, but there is a history So did you have you ever heard of the peacekeepers before? Maybe, but I I can't tell you anything about them. Okay, short lived U.S. government quick response task force led by Captain Adam at one point. So Mm. that kind of spins things on its head when Adam's looking at that screen and says, holy crap, you know, it's the peacekeepers. Well, (laughs) he led them at one point. Uh, they first appeared in Justice League America number 80, September of 93. So it's not like they've been around for a long time. but regardless, uh, that's uh, they get mentioned at the end. so uh,
1: which I just realized that you were rattling off the first appearances of all these characters, they're all relatively new characters. They're all from the 80s with the exception of Will. Uh, no, who well. was like a year into his existence here and
0: no, every every one of these except for amazing man all appeared in the 80s like okay. the next the okay. next 89 was Maxima so okay. she yeah she's she's pretty young too I guess you'd say so yeah they're
1: all like within the last 15 years they are and none of the big guns obviously are in this one you know Justice League especially like for modern justice League comics there's like the Jamie Mateus, Keith giffen Kevin Maguire like wahaha Justice right. League from like the late 80s Then it kind of transitions into there was the Justice League Spectacular, which is like a one shot that kind of launched the early 90s era of Justice League. Uh, And then it transitions into this. And then I looked ahead from Extreme Justice. uh, I I look up the last issue of of Extreme Justice and there's like a letters page has a like a farewell thing. And it basically says from this we're launching into the Grant Morrison, uh, Howard Porter, Big Seven JLA, oh. which was like the oh. big revival of Justice League in the late 90s. So uh, so this kind of is the last gasp before they go back to like the big guns in the in the Morrison era.
0: That synopsis is coming up. But first, let me talk about Amazon Music. If you're looking for a good platform that can fill those musical needs, Amazon Music has you covered. If you head to getamazonmusic.com slash w2mnetwork, you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com slash w2mnetwork for that free 30-day trial. We open the book with a military crisis when a Colonel West has taken over a base and is threatening to launch nukes at Russia. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, however, the Justice League, comprised of Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Captain Adam, Maxima, and Amazing Man, Will Everett Third, arrive to try to stop him. After eliminating some armed robots, they are able to contain Wes, but not before he is able to launch one of the nukes. Catapulting himself into the sky at super speed, Captain Adam catches up with the missile, only to have it detonate midair. Luckily... He is okay. Now the team seeks a headquarters to plan their next move, and Captain Adam brings them to an abandoned silver mine whose tunnels lead to some underground structures that were once used by the federal government. This is the decommissioned Mount Thunder. But when they arrive, they are soon surrounded by another group of armed drones. As they work to destroy the robots, Blue Beetle is off to find whatever is controlling them. He soon leads the team to the hub, where they realize that Thunder Mountain has not been deserted like Cap originally had thought. At this moment, a General Singe gets a call and is informed that there's been a security breach at Mount Thunder. Singe wants to send an Air Force special team there to find out who has broken into the facility. Back at Mount Thunder, the team finds a large room called The Brain, a command center. As they get it up and running, they see that the Peacekeepers, not the Peacemakers, the Peacekeepers, (laughs) the Peacekeepers are about to enter the tunnel to, to the facility, and they know... They are in for a battle. And that's kind of where we end. Now, there's a bit of a small side, I don't know, what is it, like like—well, page or two? And you tell me if you recognize who this was. There's a Mr. Raymond who is unfortunately given the news. He's or at a doctor's office. He's given the news. He has an unusually advanced leukemia. And the doctor advises him to get his affairs in order and maybe visit some old friends. So do you know who this Raymond is?
1: yeah, I did not know when I read it. I had to, I knew the name Raymond was a familiar d c character, but I couldn't place it because I'm not super familiar with a lot of the the less popular like megastar d c characters. Uh, but it's Firestorm. So right. yeah, he and he shows up later in the series as well. I guess he gets better.
0: There's also a shady, like green figure that's kind of watching Captain Adam. Captain Adam's going to run into this guy at some. We don't have no idea who it is. We just know he's keeping yeah. tabs on Captain Adam. he's probably going to be a big bad at some point.
1: But we know he's got shoulder pads.
0: That's right. He does. Damn right. He's
1: got a ponytail. Maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) that is extreme justice. Number zero. There isn't really. Yeah, there's stuff that happens here, but it's it's like three or four beats. It's like, hey, here's the team. Hey, where are we going to have our headquarters at? What's going to be our next few uh, bad guys we run into? And that's it. Um, So had a good time with it. It's real simple. You said you didn't think it was as bad as a lot of people thought it was. I didn't either.
1: I didn't think it was bad at all. I mean, there's uh, there's not a whole lot to it. (laughs) But but yeah, it's a decent like it's kind of weird that they made a zero issue. And I'm assuming this came out before issue one. And you're making a zero issue and then you leave it on a cliffhanger. So issue number one is going to start in the middle of the story. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Right zero issues normally in the 90s at least when they first started doing them a lot were normally like flashback issues yeah you they're kind of showing you what happened right before the first issue started but when you're putting out issue zero first and leaving it, especially on a cliffhanger that's kind of a weird decision i think but hey hindsight's 2020 20, i guess <laughs>
0: it's nine yeah 95 they're probably like well let's play with the formula a little bit i i get it too sometimes zero issues they're the standalone stuff you know that's it's just, you know, or uh, again, showing you the, some backstory on somebody. I like Campos, yeah, uh,
1: the artist. I like the action the sequences are really uh, well done. Page, a couple pages were kind of confusing as far as like what order to read the panels in and stuff. Not great layouts always, but... Um it's definitely of the time, and and you see some of the gritted teeth and the and the spittle on the <laughs> in the mouths of the characters as they're screaming stuff. But you know, I love that kind of stuff, so I'm I'm all in. <laughs> uh, I don't know that it's something that I necessarily am going to track down and, and get to anytime soon, as far as reading more of this. But uh, certainly not a bad 15 minute, you know, comic to read.
0: Let's uh let's pick a panel. I'm going down through here, and there's some definite like actiony spots. I mean, let me see here. There's an obvious uh, one. Ah, uh, is it the splash page?
1: Yeah, but I I don't know for? if I'm gonna pick that. I'm I'm kind of looking through here.
0: There there's not a whole lot. I mean, they're surrounded. They got their backs against each other. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? And you know <laughs> you got a bunch of uh oh Ed 209 surrounding them. <laughs> That's a that's decent. There's not a whole lot of action going on there. It's just. Well, I mean, I'm at the splash page at the beginning, the two page. The, oh, was. OK. Gotcha. 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 I was looking. Oh, yeah. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> yeah. Now that's yeah, that's action packed. Oh, what world are they flying on? They got some. They, I, I
1: was going to mention those. I like those hover boots or whatever. They've got, yeah. they basically got hoverboards, but there's just there's like one on each foot. You gotta, I mean, you gotta give those not as powerful characters a way to get around in these big fights.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't, you <laughs> can't have, so nice. yeah, you can't have the the big guys carrying them everywhere. So <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm gonna do. I will go with when Captain Adams trying to catch up. There's a sequence there. I'm going with mm-hmm. a panel. I, you know, I'm I'm picking two panels, so eat that. <laughs> it's it's when he's trying to get to the missile. Yeah. Uh, there's there's the the missile as it's flying into the into the air, and he's trying his best to get to this mm-hmm. thing. And you're like, oh man, is he going to get to it? Uh, so <laughs> I'll do the, I'll do the, I'll do the missile. If I can't, if I have to pick one of those two panels, it would be the one that looks like all you can see is just kind of like his face and the mm-hmm. air rushing past his face. Yeah. And that's that's face cool.
1: strange. I like the design of the, the panel. Cause it's like, it's, you know, it's all sketched out, you know, mm-hmm. kind of rough looking, but it's, oh, there's like two of them uh, with, with him flying towards it. And they're, they're kind of reversed, you know. One panel is—I
0: oh, see that, yeah—in
1: one direction, one, the other, but they're both like an exclamation point without the dot at the bottom. Right. So right. I wonder if that was intentional. That—that's kind of neat. Uh, my panel is going to be on the same page. It's going to be the explosion, the the big nuclear explosion in the yeah. last page. All right, so it's a nice looking explosion.
0: I, I will uh, I'll second that. So, uh, yeah. So fanboys, all, all the fanboys out there can have the uh, the two page splash at the beginning. We're, we're going to be <laughs> we're going to be different. We'll take uh, we'll take those. Man, I mean, I mean, I really didn't have a whole lot to say uh, when it comes to the, the art. The coloring looks good. I mean, if we're going to pick on Booster Gold suit, I understand. Yeah, it's goofy if
1: you're looking, but, you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is ninety five. I don't know much about Booster Gold, but I don't really know much of him having a mean streak in him, though. That's the thing. Yeah, like, it, maybe that,
1: he does. That's that's another thing I was going to point out with with Booster. He, he doesn't do a whole lot in this book, really, but he doesn't seem like it. The personality doesn't seem quite right, and especially Blue Beetle. Like he's he's jumping around. He's he he, he you know in the big fight at the beginning, he he uh, tricks a couple of the robots into blowing each other up, and he's like, sometimes I even impress myself, which. He he seems more like cocky than I would think. I always think of Blue Beetle as like the lovable loser type. He's not very confident. Maybe that's because the first Blue Beetle comic I read was that Justice League Spectacular one shot where like I think Booster and a few other characters had to like convince him to come back to Justice League because he kind of felt like he was a big loser (laughs) or whatever. So I, I just it seemed like the personalities were a little off, but I'm also not super familiar with the characters anyway. So maybe maybe I'm wrong.
0: Right. I mean, if we didn't know who these characters were, you get a good feeling for who their their personalities are or what kind of par- personalities they have. You know, Captain Adam definitely feels like the hero. He definitely feels like the guy that's got everything under control. He's, he's mm-hmm. also the leader. leader. The leader. That's right. But Booster, yeah, he doesn't do a whole lot of anything. Maxima doesn't really do a whole lot of, a lot of anything. And Will, you know, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Amazing Man, I was trying to figure out their power set as I was going through uh, the comic and, you know, you don't really get a whole lot of that either either. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, Oh, Hey, Maxima, go do this with your I beams or something. It, 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 <laughs> it didn't, they didn't feel very individual. At least mm-hmm. some of them didn't. Uh, the, the only two that really stood out to me were blue beetle and captain Adam. It,
1: it's kind of captain Adam's issue. It, he's right. kind of center stage.
0: Right. Right. All right. Anything else here before we close up shop?
1: Uh, I think, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. There's not a whole lot to really say about it. I didn't dislike it. And while I'm not going to rush out to read a lot of uh, follow-up issues, it's not something I'm going to discount in the future. Maybe I'll
0: check them out again uh, later on down the line. Yeah, it was a good time. Extreme Justice, number zero. This would be a good time to plug a sponsor of the W2M Network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Unspoken Issues, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com/w2mnetwork. Again, that's getgrammarly.com/w the number 2 m network to download Grammarly for free. All right, Chris, let's go ahead and close up shop here. What do you got going on? Uh, you know?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34. Also got a movie podcast I do with my buddy AJ where we talk about direct-to-video and made-for-TV movies as well as like sometimes current stuff we've been watching lately. Uh, that's called Small Screeners. You can find it on pretty much any podcast platform and you can find the Small Screeners Twitter and Instagram accounts at Small Screeners.
0: Hashtag Fred Ward for president.
1: (laughs) You got that right.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can go back into the archive here on the source material comics podcast feed. You should be able to find some unspoken issues related stuff, uh, especially the unspoken epics as well, where uh, Chris Armstrong and myself, Dean Compton, Dairy Wade get together, talk, uh, do a long form version instead of doing a single issue. We may look at a story arc. We we talked about Dead Man's Hand. That was a fantastic, fun episode. We also recently spoke about uh, our last episode that we did for Unspoken Issues should be our Daredevil 321, uh, where we looked at the new costume uh, that, uh, well, the issue that featured the new costume. We didn't spend a whole lot of time on the new costume just because it just, I mean, hey, it looked cool. And that was about it. But hey, go check that issue out uh, or excuse me, that episode out. That's out there as well. And of course, we have the Source Material Comics podcast where Chris Armstrong and myself have got together on there, too. We talked Morbius in a hoodie and the ultimate nullifier (laughs) and (laughs) Chris Armstrong's favorite character, (laughs) the Rose.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, I was too hard on the Rose
0: uh well you know hey it's all right the the rose of all people i loved it man (laughs) Uh, the rose the rose sucks okay all right we know where chris armstrong stands (laughs) uh but yeah folks go check that out that's on the feed as well so with that being said we're out of here thank you very much ladies and gentlemen we'll talk to you soon have a good one bye-bye thanks for joining us Unspoken Issues is part of the UnspokenDecade.com, the home for 90s comics, blogs, and podcasts. Unspoken Issues also has a Facebook group you can join if you are interested. Just search the Unspoken Issues podcast and request to join. All of this would not be possible without W2Mnet.com and the and Broadcasting Network, so make sure to seek them out for more podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please feel free to share, and we look forward to entertaining you again soon.